1: going to look at the sermon entitled when God says no when God says no now also there's another title that I I want to include uh, along with that one because I think it fits and and it's found in our bonus section uh, with our small groups and the last section is entitled when God doesn't answer our prayers the first time so when God says no or when God doesn't answer uh, our prayers the first time. Listen, I guarantee you that every one of us, somewheres, we're all going to end up in the middle of this sermon today. Okay, we're all going to end up in the middle. That's it. just one of those sermons that we're all going to end up in the middle. of Because all of us have at, at one time or another or presently uh, have been in that mode when, when God says no. Or when God hasn't answered our prayer uh, the first time. I got a question for you. Uh, how many of you have seen a robin? Okay, good, yeah. I mean, they are here. Uh, I was, uh, the other day I just saw a whack of robins there. It was just a whole flock of them. And I'm not used to seeing it. Usually I see one or, or, or two. Uh, and so, so that was great. And then we got hit with all the snow. And, I mean, what a downer that was. You know, and we are all discouraged over that. But, but we all know, we all know, that spring's coming right we all know that spring's coming and, and, uh, and, and that, that is that is hope and and that is, that is that's what we can anticipate and when God says no you need to always remember that when he says no that doesn't mean he hasn't answered your prayer he's answering your prayer and so today we just want to really encourage you with a spirit of anticipation to what God wants to do, and wants to say in, uh, uh, in your heart and in your situation. Uh, I am not Irish at all, uh, but I'm going to support the Irish today. Thus, that's why I'm wearing a green shirt. And I brought my special socks. All right, so we're supporting the Irish. I think McLarens are Irish. I think, I'm not sure about that. I think that sounds, I don't think they're Scottish. Maybe they are. Okay, but we want to support the Irish today, and uh, that may all fit in as we get to the the end of our message. So I trust that you have a handout. If there's one message, you really need to have a handout uh, and get the, take notes, this is the message. This is the message you really need to be taking notes and, and be ready with it. Okay, let's get going right into the, the message today. In Jeremiah chapter 33, verse three, uh, it says this, "Call, to me, call to me and I will answer you." There are several, there are several uh, verses uh, in Scripture that tell us that when we pray, that God wants to answer our prayers. And so this is found over in Jeremiah uh, 33. As, as we're learning in this series that God always answers, but not always the answer uh, we, we want. Uh, and we, we have to remind ourselves that God is not a genie, uh, that we rub this little special magic lamp, and out he comes and gives us the answer. And God is not a, a, a vending machine. Uh, he's not someone that just come up, and man, we just can you know, expect him to give him everything that we want. Boys and girls, you're here today. Now, have you gone to your parents, and every time you ask them for something, has your parents given you what you wanted? Of course not. No. No, of course they don't do that because they, they understand that there's something more important, something that is uh, better for you. You know, the Bible is full of examples of, of examples that you know, heroes of our faith, where God said no to them. For example, let's think about it for just a minute. Abraham. God had to say no because Abraham tried to do something his way. And it was the wrong way. And God said, Abraham, that's not the way I'm going to work in your life. How about, for example, let's talk about Moses, and, and Moses, uh, he, was, he was given a certain uh, a command to do, and, and he did it his way, and God said, no, Moses, that is not, that's not the way I wanted to do it, and, and God had to hold Moses back from going into the promised land, but God had something else uh, in, in store for, for Moses, and there are others, David. David was another one that God said, David, that is not the way that I'm going to work in through you. And he had to say no to him because David went and he took matters into his own hands. And, and maybe you can identify with some of these people. Then, then there, was, there was Job, uh, there was Jonah. Remember Jonah? Uh, Jonah, he wanted to destroy Nineveh. He was so upset with him. And, and God said, no, Jonah, that's not the way I work. That's not the way Uh, I'm going to work and and bring salvation and and, and my judgment. This is not the way I'm going to destroy people. I'm going to redeem them. And there was Peter uh, and there's Paul. And think about this. This is one that I hadn't thought about before, but it's so true. Even our heavenly father said to his son, Lord Jesus Christ, when he was in the garden and he prayed, I want that, will you you take that cup for me? Will you take this bitter cup? And the Heavenly Father said, no. Because there was a greater purpose. There was, something, there was something more, more on the line than just taking the cup. So when you think about it, there are some obvious reasons why God doesn't answer every prayer with, with yes. Sometimes boys and girls pray that they'll have a, have a snow day so that they won't go to school. Right, okay, all right, that, that's not the way it works, okay, all right, and you know, I, I don't know how it goes, you know, but I, I, I feel, you know, especially we get in the spring of the year, there's, there's you know, there's ter- certain times you need rain, and so the farmers are praying for rain, those of us that like to get out and do outdoor activities, we're praying for sunshine, okay, I, I mean, so okay. there's certain prayers, folks, that God is not going to answer, uh, here's another one that I know that God doesn't answer, I don't think God gets involved in sports, have you ever seen, come on, come on, be honest, look at them. I mean, you see people, you see team players on both sides, are crossing themselves as they're praying, and they asking God to help them win the game. Well, listen, God doesn't get involved in those things. I know he doesn't. I play golf. I, I did. <laughs> I, play, I know that God does not get involved in golf. I know that. One day I was out on the T-blocks over in St. Mary's. This was on the 18th hole. So I had been around with a foursome. Uh, I didn't know these individuals at first. And so, you know, after a while, after uh, 17 holes of golf, you get to know people and, get to know, and you find out, well, what do you do? And so forth. And I said, well, I'm a preacher and this kind of thing. And so and, and, and that was good. So we're on the final tee. If you've ever been over St. Mary's golf course, you know how it is. You're kind of, it's an elevated uh, tee. And, and if you don't hit it right, it's going to go into the road. It's going to go over towards uh, the independent grocers. Okay. And so here up there, this guy gets up there and he swings and he slices the ball. And I'm telling me, man, that ball is gone. I mean, that's over the highway and headed for the independent grocers. And while it's going over there, he's saying to me, and not, he's not staying, he's praying, he's yelling at me. He says, "Charlie, pray, pray, pray." <laughs> it didn't come back. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I really, I, I agree with Rick Warren. God doesn't get involved in sports. Okay, all right, okay. You know, and sometimes. Sometimes uh, uh, we, we need, need to appreciate that, that as we're, we're, we're praying for people, and especially uh, uh, it's, it can be, you know, uh, uh, rebellious behavior, uh, you know, going, going against uh, the law, uh, a number of things. So, sometimes uh, God says, you know, uh, I've given people a free will. I've given people free will. And, and and I will not violate their free will. And and there are times that God just lets us go and do our own thing. Uh, not does He want to? No, no. God wants He wants us to be a, uh, in, in a healthy relationship. God wants us to be in a place where we're we're contributing uh, to society. God wants us to be a, a shining light uh, in darkness, and our, and our world needs uh, all of that. And and there there are some other uh, examples. Uh, about this, about uh, uh, when God doesn't answer prayer. Uh, And you need to know today that this sermon, um, this sermon is only for you, okay? This sermon is not so that you can go take it and you know somebody that's having trouble with unanswered prayers and bop them over the head with it and and say, you know why God's not answering your prayers? Because of this. No, this is only for you because the truth of the matter is you and I don't know why God isn't answering their prayers. And this is not so that you can go and beat up on somebody. This is only for your, your individual, because I am convinced that there are those here today that are enjoying victory. There are those that are enjoying what it is to be you know, on the other side uh, of what they were going through. There are, there are some right here today that man, they're, they're in that spot. They're in that spot, like with with uh, Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel, when they know the enemy's encamped out there, and uh, and man, it looks like they're going down. And they're the choir in front of the army, and they're praising God. They like, say, "God, we don't know, but man, our, our eyes are on you." And there's some of you that you're in that mode right now, where you're praising God even though you haven't seen the answer. And then there are some of you today, some of you today, you're here and you you just feel the heaviness, man. Man, you just burden and uh and, and you're really you're really down and, and you're saying man, where's God? he doesn't care about me or anything like that so so today we're we're all in different different dimensions for sure over in job chapter forty two verse seven um, and this is just a supports. So you, you don't know what's going on. And, and God got mad at Job's three friends because they, are, they tried comforting him, and they, they had all their opinions why Job was going through what he was going through. But over in Job 42 and 7, it says this, I am angry with you, and this is God speaking to Job's friends, for you have not been right in what you said about me. Referring to God, my servant Job is the only one who spoke the truth, and he got it Right. Over in First uh, Peter 4 and 17, uh, it talks about the time of judgment will begin first with God's own people. Uh, and and the family of God. And you know what this verse just reminds me of is that God is doing something. He wants to do something in the church. He wants to do something in all of us because our world is, there's a lot of spiritual darkness in our world and God wants to use his church to be an example of how he answers prayer and how we trust him in those uncertain times of life because there's a lot of uncertainty in our world out there. And, And God wants to use us as an example of how he works in and through us in all circumstances. So there are three uh, reasons that we want to share with you why God sometimes says no. Are you ready? So I hope you got your handout ready. Let's go through these uh, uh, as quickly as we can. Number one, God says no when he has a bigger perspective. He has a bigger perspective. I mean, come on. God can see all all things. God knows all things. God knows the whole picture. He knows our life from beginning to to, uh, the end. Hebrews 4 and verse 13 would support this point. It says, He knows about everyone everywhere. Uh, Everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. We can hide it from one another, but we can't hide it from God. Nothing can be hidden from him. Over in Proverbs uh, 2 and 8, there's a, there's a scripture that says, uh, God guards the course of the just and protects the way of his, of his uh, faithful ones. Sometimes, God is saying no to us because he wants to protect us from some unforeseen uh, problems. Uh, and and we, we need to appreciate, uh, you know, if there are times that, that uh, and probably more times, I would say more times than, than fewer times, that, that one of the reasons why God is saying no is because he knows what lies ahead, and if we continue to follow that, that particular road or, or make that, that decision or enter into some kind of contract or, or, or buy that particular vehicle or whatever it is, there's all kinds of things that God God is saying no to us uh, for for our own good. So that doesn't mean he always pulls us out of the frying pan. Uh, he, he He does want to protect us. Daniel prayed. Daniel prayed, keep me from being fed to the den of lions. Where did Daniel end up? Yeah, come on. He ended up in the lion's den. What happened? What's that? No, that's right. God shut the mouth of the lions, right? Okay, there was, there, was a, there was a greater purpose for what God was doing. There was the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they made it quite clear that, man, they didn't want to go in the fire. They wanted to be burnt up. But they said, okay, man, if that's where it goes, we don't care how God will see us through. They get thrown in the fire first. Furnace, that's where they end up. They get in there. The only thing that gets burned, the only thing that gets burned on these guys is the ropes. The ropes that, that held them together. And the Bible says that when the king looked into the furnace, he saw not three, but he saw fourth. And it said, "The fourth one was like the Son of God." So that's good news for us, because it doesn't matter what we can through, go through, we can always have the confidence that God's right there with us. So when these guys came out of the fire, the ropes were gone, and they didn't smell smoke. Didn't smell smoke because God, God was with him and His glory was being manifested through them as they were obedient to him. Point number two. God says no when he has a better plan. God says no when he has a better plan. Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9. This one, you got You really got to hang on to this one. This is very helpful. And Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9 says, this uh, plan of mine is not what you would work out. Uh, neither are my thoughts the same as yours. This is God speaking once again to us. And he says, for my ways are higher or my ways are much better. My ways are much better than you could could ever conceive. God has more than one way of of doing things. We are limited, but he is unlimited. Limited, and sometimes the way that grows our faith, or uh, it requires um, a a, a delayed uh, answer. Uh, For example, over in Hebrews chapter eleven, Hebrews chapter eleven, verses thirty-nine through forty, it's it's the faith chapter, and in this chapter, there's a list of all these heroes of faith, men and women who trusted God. But then there gets a section in this chapter that it talks about a group of men and women. We don't have their names don't have their names, and uh, we, all, all we find out is just what they went through. And, and the Bible says this about this group of people who died. It said they were commended for their faith. That's always important because the Bible, in the beginning of this chapter, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So these people, though they die, they're commended for their faith. It said they were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better. We're going to come back to the rest of that scripture at the end of our, uh, the message. But just hang on to that right now because God had something better planned. And you and I need to know that today. And you need to be uh, filled with his confidence today. You need to be knowing that because he is faithful to you, my friend, that you can be confident. And because of that comes, that God, God always has a better plan. God always has a better plan for us. So God has all of eternity, and, and one, of these, uh, one of the comments that uh, uh, Rick Warren makes when he talks about, uh, you know, that they didn't receive the promises, because God has all of eternity to fulfill his promises, and he will. He will. He has all of that. And, and so you and I may not know it now, but when we are in his presence, we certainly will. Now, point number three. God says no When he has a greater purpose. God says no when he has a a greater purpose. And God will never let our prayers interfere with his purpose for sure. Psalm 57 verse 2 says, I cry out to God most high who fulfills his purpose for, for me. God is not obligated to explain why he does what he does. Uh, He doesn't need our approval, and and we know that. But everything that God allows in your life does. Listen to this. Everything that happens in your life, God uh, does have a purpose, including problems and certainly unanswered prayers. 1 Peter 1 and 7 says this. The purpose of these troubles... Is to test your faith as fire, test uh, as fire test how genuine gold is. Your faith is more precious than gold. This this is so cool. Uh, Rick Warren talks about when he's he's talking about this particular verse. He's saying that. That the, the, the silversmith or the goldsmith, how they, they take gold and they want to make it pure. And So what they do, they'll, they'll put that precious metal in, in some kind of special pot and they'll heat it up and it gets so hot that all the impurities, all those things that take away from the worth of the gold or the silver. They, they come to the surface, and, and, and the, the silversmith or the goldsmith will, will swipe it off. And, and he, Rick Warren says, the, the, uh, the goldsmith knows when the gold is ready, when he can look into the pot and see his reflection. And so Rick's point is that sometimes there are things that are going on in our lives that God is removing Removing imperfections. And he's removing some stuff in our lives. And, and, and why he's doing Because he wants to see his reflection in our lives. He, he wants, he, that, that's the ultimate for us, is that we would be like him. That that he would see that that his reflection will be known to those uh, around us. It, it's incredible. Second Corinthians chapter four verses seventeen through eighteen. He says, "These present troubles are quite small and won't last very long. Yet they will produce for us an immeasurably great joy that will last forever." So we don't look at the troubles, and, and, and we all know what troubles are, and, and you probably have enough of them right now, you're saying, and, and we can see right now. Rather, we look forward to what we have not yet seen, for the troubles we see will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. That's good news, right? That's good news. You probably should circle, will last forever. So so this is so important to us. If you want to be happy you must learn to accept three facts of life. Number one, there are some things, there are some things in this life that we won't understand until heaven. It's true. Deuteronomy 20 and 29 says, there are some things the Lord our God has kept secret, but there are some things he has let us know. Ecclesiastes 11, uh, 5 says, just as you'll never understand how the mystery of life forms in a pregnant woman, so you'll never understand the mystery at work in all that God does. There are some things that will never change uh, until heaven. And there are sometimes uh, your suffering, and this, this, this is probably the one that, that we, we can feel the most. Sometimes your suffering is for the benefit of others. That's probably at the point where we're saying, no thanks, God. But there's something going on when when we are saying, why, God, am I going through this? And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit more. And point number three this morning, what should I do when God says no? Trust that God does everything, and this this is a promise of the word of God. Trust that God does everything in goodness and love. Trust that God does everything in goodness and love. Psalm 25 and verse 10 says, All the ways of the Lord are loving. Romans 8 and 28. The scripture I hang on to. The scripture. The scripture has been bedrock for me throughout my life. And everything God works for the good of those who love Him. Anytime God says no, Satan will always step in with doubts. See, God doesn't care about you. He doesn't love you. But you got to remember, the devil's a liar. And you got to remember, you got to rely upon uh, uh, the promises of God. We don't have to understand God's answer, folks. All we need to know and be reminded over and over again that God loves us. And God, whatever He's doing in our lives right now, is motivated by love. The truth is that God loves you too much to give you everything that you ask. (laughs) I know that's probably not what we wanted to hear. But it's true that he doesn't give us everything that we ask. And and so when he does that, you got three options in how you're going to respond. Okay, option number one, you can say resist it. And you can resist what God is doing. You can fight God. You can get mad at him. And you can turn your back on him. And you can just go and do what you want to do. God will let you do that. But it's not the right response. When God says no, when God says no, you can, you can get resentful and, and you say, oh, that's, I'm not going to pray to God anymore. He doesn't hear my prayers. You can become bitter and you can become and miserable and you can doubt God's love and just miss out totally on what God is wanting to do in your life right now. And, of course, the third, the third way to respond, and this is the right way, is to relax. Knowing that God has your best interest and loves you with all of his heart. So, when in pain. And this is, this is, a, this is a good one right here. So you don't have to understand God's uh, what he's doing there. You don't have to understand uh, God's answer. All you have to know that is motivated by love. And this one here is, when in pain, pray what Jesus prayed facing the cross. Over in Mark chapter 14, verses 35 through 36. Going a little farther, uh, Jesus fell to the ground praying that if possible, he might not have to suffer what was ahead of him. Jesus prayed, Abba, my Father, all things are possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will, not mine, to be done. Incredible, Christ, uh, an incredible scripture that uh, Jesus Christ prayed for us. So this morning... You say, well, what is the right way for me to pray as as I'm just going through and experiencing the different things? Well, number one, the right way to pray is to affirm God's power. Affirm God's power. This is how we do it. Father, Father, I know you can do anything. I know that you are able to do anything. The, The word of God makes it quite clear that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we could ask or, or think and and so me many, many times people can't get a hold of this point because they don't know the promises of God it was because the 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 children of Israel underneath Jehoshaphat's reign that they understood the promises of God because that's what gave them hope that's what gave them the the, the inspiration and many people Rick Warren says there are at least five Thousand promises in God's word, and then he goes on to say, Some say there's six thousand uh, promises, some say there's seven thousand uh, promises. This morning, we sang a song about ten thousand reasons. Ten thousand reasons, people. When you know the promises of God, you can stand upon the promises of God, you can rely upon Him because it's His word, it's His word. And when the Word of God has said, The Bible's clear on this faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? By the word of God, knowing, knowing the word of God, knowing the promises of God. Do you know the promises of God? Do you know the word of God so you can stand upon it? Because when you stand upon it in and, and the thick of things, when the enemy comes in like a flood, when, when doubt comes and, and questions come like that, when you have the word of God to stand upon, then he will raise up, the Bible says, he promises this, that he will raise up a standard against him and that you will be able to go through that time in victory. It takes that time of sadness, it takes that time of doubt, it takes that time of heaviness, and it turns it around. It turns it around. Because we are standing upon the word of God and we know the word of God. So, first, the the right way to pray is to affirm God's power and and, and, and rely upon the promises of God. The second one is is to, to ask with passion to ask with passion. and and, and, Father, please give me what I ask. Please, Lord, you know what I'm going through. Listen, folks, uh, there used to be a day where, where in our churches we had a room that was called the prayer room. And it was a prayer room. And you know what you did in the prayer room? You got any idea what you did in the prayer room? Yeah, that's what we did. We prayed. We prayed, and, and, and we would get in a prayer room, but you know, it wasn't just something, well, okay, God, uh, listen, uh, so-and-so's got this need, and I'm, we're asking, will you come and touch them, and, and, and make them whole, and then on you go. No, no, it was a place, it was a place where they used it. it was an old term, it was an old term, it doesn't make much sense now, because we got away from it, but it was a term that said, we got to pray through pray through, and and what it was, the people got down on their hands and on their knees and on their faces, and they were passionate about God, and they began to pray, and they called upon God, and said, oh God, here we are, we know what you can do, but oh God, we're in a time of need, and Lord, this burden is too heavy, and they would be on their face, and sometimes it was for a few moments, and sometimes it was for hours, but they would stay there until finally, finally there came a peace, finally there came a release. Something happened, in the joy, the joy of the Lord became their strength, became their strength, and it became their strength because they had relied upon the word of God. They had prayed with passion and had turned, had turned that moment of overwhelming grief and heaviness, and they turned it into a place where they put on the garment of praise for the Spirit. They come out of the prayer room. They had a glow on their face. They come out of the prayer room with praise overflowing out of their... But you know, they, didn't, they didn't necessarily see the answer right away. But they knew that they had touched heaven. And somehow heaven had come down and touched me. And they knew they were right on the right path. And they was somehow, God, the odds are against me. But I know, I know, somehow. So wait, you're going to get us through this. Could going to get us through this. Oh. Oh, oh. are we there? Come on. We're going to be there this morning before we leave. We're going to be there, okay? We're going to be there before we leave this morning. And finally, accept God's plan. However, what I want most, Lord, at the end of the day, no matter what the answer is, that your bottom line is, God, I I want your will more than I want anything else in my life. Expect God to give his grace to handle his answer. Paul said this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. He said, three times I prayed to the Lord about this and asked him to take it away. But his answer was, my grace is all you need. For my power is greater than when you are weak. So I gladly boast about my weakness so that Christ's power can flow through me. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. So what have you prayed for? And so far, it hasn't happened. We remind ourselves that God has a bigger perspective. God's got a better plan. And God's got a greater purpose. I want to conclude this message this morning. I want to I, I stretch yourself a little bit, okay? I'm going to stretch you a little bit this morning. Uh, prayer team. Those that are present, uh, would you do me a favor right now? I'd like you to kind of stand and go and uh, stand, get up from your chair and stand in these aisles. I mean, I just want to see how many are here in the prayer team. Psalm 34, verses 15 through 16 says this: "The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil." blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Are you listening to this? The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves oh, save those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. <laughs> That's good news. That is really good news. Over in Ephesians chapter 3 and 20, and, and uh, chapter 3, verse 20. This is where we started this whole series with Ephesians 3 and 20 says this, and I just quoted it a moment ago: "Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, let him to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever." People, do you understand this verse? What this verse is telling us that our greatest imagination is only the base entry to what God can do. Our greatest imagination. This says, He is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or think. So let, let it go right now. Just try, you know, thinking, let, let your mind just go. I can tell you right now, it's only the entry level of what God, God can and wants to do. But here's the thing this verse does not stand by itself. This verse is not just what was never written so that it's over here, and then we kind of just leave it there. It's, oh, that's a nice verse, and yeah, yeah, I get that. You need to know that there's another side of this verse that's so important, and it's found in the next chapter. In the next chapter, in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul continues to write as he's talking about man able to do exceeding abundantly, talking about answers to prayer and, and how God works in the body, and he says this about the body of Christ where Jesus is the head and we are his body. He says, this is our role. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of whom is the head. That is Christ. From him, Jesus, the whole body joined, that's you and me, held together by every supporting link. So we're together, we're connected, grows and builds itself up. How? In love. As each part does its work. You know what that means? That means we're giving a word of encouragement to each other. That means when somebody is going through something, it's not just about what they're going through. It's not just what what they are experiencing right now. This what they're going through, God's got an answer, but you know, part of the answer is you and me. Part of the answer is 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 you and me. So. Here's, here's what, I, what I'm going to suggest that we do. I want you to stand. I've been referencing Jehoshaphat, and, and Jehoshaphat was one of those examples where the king, they were in trouble because the enemy had come, and they were surrounded by three, three enemy people or uh, nations, and they were going to destroy Jehoshaphat. They didn't have a chance, and Jehoshaphat is passionate, crying. He's got everybody on their faces before God. He's got, he's got little boys and little girls. They're all flat on their faces, and they're crying out to God. And in the midst of that, in the midst of that, as they're crying out to God, and they're just so heavy, and they're, and they're saying, man, we're going to die. We have no chance. We're going to be obliterated. And, and so they've got this heaviness come over them. And then in the midst of this prayer time where they're passionate and praying, they're flat on their face, the man of God stands up and says, listen, I got good news for you. Because God knows, and they'd be, they were reminded of the promises of God. They were reminded of what they didn't do, so now God could do. And so that as they were there in this time, it seemed like defeat and overwhelming, uh, 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 just obliteration that God started to speak to them. Said, Listen, I want you to know that the battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. And so the instruction for all of them, and here's what it was. They were, man, they were heavy. They had, man, you talk about a spirit of heaviness, it was upon them. But the instruction was this, that as they were in this spirit of praise and spirit of prayer, that God said, I want you to put the choir out in front, and I want the choir to start giving thanks giving thanks. And I just want the choir to start singing thanks. And, and, and as the choir started singing thanks, the garment of heaviness was replaced. And there came a garment of praise. And, the, and, and the, the choir was singing. Now the army was singing. And the Bible says that they had a tremendous victory that day.
0: What an encouraging message this morning. Thank you, Pastor Charlie, just for being just so, uh, yeah. You know, we take just a moment at the, at the end of each service just to kind of just take just one, if there's one thought, we can kind of group all this together. in, And, you know, sometimes this phrase, you go ahead and take a seat too. Um, sometimes this phrase feels like it's cliche in church. We say it all the time because we have to. And I don't ever want to get to that point. But I want you and your soul to be reminded this morning about how much God loves you. And that when you are praying, he listens and he answers. He doesn't put it in a box on the shelf. He answers. And if you can know, leaving this place this morning, that even when God doesn't give you the answer that you want, it doesn't change his affection and love for you. Is that good or what? Yeah. I I think that is just, if we can just take that and hold on to that, that No matter the circumstance, I have a God who listens to my prayers, who desperately wants to be in communion and relationship with me. It's amazing. And that even when my prayer isn't answered in maybe necessarily the way that I wished or hoped for, God can use that. God has something bigger, sometimes better. It's amazing. So let's just take a moment just to pray together one more time. Lord, just thank you for this season, these last 40 days, 40 days of prayer, God, where we've been able to just press in and and learn how to talk to you and learn that you hear our prayers and that a friendship and relationship with you can be so, so real and so authentic. So Lord, thank you for for hearing our prayers and listening to our prayers, but not just putting them on the shelf, but answering them, God, I pray that when whatever this next season is that we might be heading into God, that even when things don't necessarily turn out the way that we wished or hoped that they would, God, that we would know we can still trust you, that we can have our faith kept in you, and that you'd make all things work for our good, Lord, would we just be reminded of? your love for us this morning and would we leave this place changed not not just the same way we came in but would we would be changed for the better. Lord, we want to know you more. And Jesus, I pray that you would you would help us talk to you more this year. If if there's anything that we've learned from 40 days of prayer, God, would we be a people that desires to talk with you more this year. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed blessed day. Hope you have an awesome day. Please come again. Join us next Sunday. Again, if you didn't have a chance to yet, fill out the Connect or Next Step card, and you can drop it off at the booth back there. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. I hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.